0: Hey, last week we talked about how God is a jealous God and how when we become enamored by the world, we commit spiritual adultery against God. And today we're going to flesh that out a little bit more. Now look, in 2020, we learned some important lessons. We learned that calendars are jokes. We learned that planners are jokes. Every single thing that you planned over the last year was affected by something that you couldn't control. And for some of us that are a little bit control freaks, that has messed us up big time. And some of you might have really struggled about that over the last year. And really began to have anxiety and problems and maybe even hurt relationships around you because you're used to be able to have some type of control. But instead of allowing things to get kind of broken, more broken inside of us, this should have been a time... And an opportunity for you to let go and let God more than ever before. But we learned that uh, calendars uh, and, and planners, it didn't mean a lot this last year. It was a reality check. How little we control. James four thirteen talks about that. It says, come now you who say. And this is awesome. It's, this phrase has the idea of like, you've got to be kidding me, right? Come now you who say. Today or tomorrow, we'll go into such and such a town, spend a year there, and trade and make profit. Yet, you do not know what tomorrow brings. James says, I've heard some of you say uh, that I'm going to go to a city and sell some goods, and I'm going to stay there a year, and I'm going to make some really good money. These people had a timetable, a location, a schedule, a plan, and they believed that they knew the conclusion that they were going to make a hefty profit. If they were on Shark Tank, they would have got the deal, right? They had it all figured out. But James says, hold on now. You can't even control tomorrow, let alone a year from now. And God's not against planning. God's not against business. But these Christians had made plans without God. And they were sure that they had everything that they needed and that it would be done. And pride and arrogance were interwoven into these plans. This very thing that James is calling out here in these verses sounds a lot like what we do as Christians. Is the life choice that you're about to make God's will for your life? Or are you just planning your life out and hoping God gets on board? Why don't we trust God with these things in our lives instead of trying to take them into our own hands? Are we scared of what God will ask us to do? Or do we think that God's not moving fast enough so we've got to make it happen? Are we scared we won't be able to do the things that He wants us to do? And if, if, if I uh, surrender completely to Him, He's going to send me across the world away from my family and I'm not going to be able to do it and I'm not worthy. Why don't we trust God? Is it because we think we know better? God has big plans for our lives. Things that we cannot do without Him. Do not rely on self-sufficiency. Rely on God's sufficiency, you cannot make it without him. He has what you need. 1800s pioneer missionary, uh, Hudson Taylor, uh, missionary to inland China, said this about plans. He said, we can make our best plans and trying to carry them out on our own strength. Or we can make careful plans and ask God to bless them. But yet another way of working is to begin with God, to ask his plans, and to offer ourselves to him to carry out his purpose. But instead what we do is we bring our plans to God all written out nice with pencil and paper. This is how it should be done, God. But what we should be doing is handing the pencil and the paper to God and saying, whatever you do, God, I will write it. I will not move until you tell me to. Proverbs 19, 20 says, listen to the uh, advice and accept instruction that you may gain wisdom in the future. Many are the plans in the mind of man, but it is the purpose of the Lord that will stand. God Wants to direct your life. Don't you think he's wise enough? Can't you trust his counsel? There are many plans and strategies and schemes that are in our heart. Ways that we can make things happen. But the counsel and guidance and direction of the Lord, that is what will stand. And that is what will make sure that we don't look back uh, to yesterday and to a year uh, ago and say, I wish I wouldn't have done that. I wish I wouldn't have said that. I wish I wouldn't have broken that relationship. James 4, uh, 14 says, what is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little time and then it vanishes. Man, he just cuts our legs out from under us right there. We think we're so important and we think that we've, uh, people ought to respect what we say and we, we've got an air of responsibility and we're entitled to some rights. But he here says, look, you are a mist. That's all you are. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live or do this or that. We've probably all used uh, Lysol disinfectant spray over the past year right this one is from like 1957 every time you spray it it kills a tree in the rainforest Uh, but and it also smells overwhelmingly gross but we are missed right we're here just for a second and then we fade away and that vapor it, it disappears but in our minds, we're the center of the universe. But we're here today and we're gone tomorrow. How many of you can name your great-great-grandfather? They may have been a wonderful person. Uh, you know, money and, and position and prestige and people respected them. But just in a few decades, our mark on this earth will vanish like footprints in the sand. What are you leaving behind? What impact are you making on people? Who are you living your life for? What are you doing that's going to last into the next life? Don't live for yourself. Life, the next life is eternal, it lasts so much longer. And yet we're here just for a second. And we fade away. Master Ugwe of the movie Kung Fu Panda said this. Yesterday is history. Tomorrow is a mystery. But today is a gift. And that's why we call it the present. It's hard to imagine how... Short life is when we're young, but the days are long. And when you're sitting in a classroom in ninth grade, it seems like it lasts forever. But you blink your eyes and all of a sudden you're 36 years old. You got an 11-year-old kid and a 9-year-old kid and a mortgage and taxes you got to pay. And I'm sure in just another blink, I'll be 50, I'll be 80, I'll be gone. Who am I living for? What am I doing that is going to last longer than me? Because when I have my great-great-grandchildren, are the things that I cared so much about, are they going to last till then? You only have a little time to make an impact before we're gone, before we're forgotten. We have to live on purpose. We cannot waste our time on lesser things. We have to have an urgency and intentionality and the priorities in our life have got to be the right priorities. John Piper said it this way, don't waste your life. For so many of us, our hope is in what will happen in the future, the next week, the next month, the next year. We're not guaranteed tomorrow. The only moment that actually exists is right now. And then that now I just said is gone. This is the only moment that exists. The past is a memory. The future is in our imagination. This is the only moment that actually actually exists. You know, when attending an event in the future, the old timers used to say, you'd ask, oh, hey, you're going to be on church on Sunday and say, Lord willing, in the creek, don't rise.'" What are they saying? They're saying, I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. If God gives me tomorrow, I'll give it back to him. We're not guaranteed tomorrow. We must live on purpose and with intentionality. If you want to know where your priorities uh, lie, just check your emotions. What are the things that make you upset or angry? Those are the things that are most important to you. Are there the things that should be important? Are the things that well up emotion in you, the people that are hurting around you that need help? Is that where your emotions are pointing to what is important? We're not guaranteed tomorrow. We must live with intentionality and purpose. Why waste years chasing after the hollow things of this world? Why not listen to the counsel of the Lord and do the most that you can with every second of your life? John Piper also said this. He says, life is short, eternity is long, so live like it. Life is short, eternity is long, so live like it. In Ephesians 5.16, Paul urges us to redeem the times because the days are evil. Uh, If we just coast and if we just sit back and relax... Everything that we do is going to tend towards evil. If we live in our flesh, it's going to tend towards evil. But we've got to redeem our time and lean on Christ and take back our time so that we can live righteously and holy. Because if we just live in cruise control, we're always going to tend towards sin. To redeem means to buy something back, to regain possession of it. Time is a gift from God. And this breath that you have in your lungs right now is a gift of God. And none of us know how much time we're allotted. Only God knows how much time we have on this earth to make decisions that will impact eternity. When God says here that we should redeem the time, he wants us to live in constant awareness of that ticking clock and make the most of that time that we have. Time is currency. That's why we spend time. What are you investing in? Are the things that you're spending time in, the things that you talk about, the things that you dream about, are those the things that will matter in eternity? Are the people you're investing in? The plans that you have. Are those things that are going to last longer than this moment that we're in right now? Verse 15 and 16. He tells us what we should do instead. He says, instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. If the Lord wills. If God gives me another second, this is what I'm going to do with it. It's a constant awareness that your time is given to you by God and you are not your own if you're a follower of Christ. Verse 16 says, though, as it is, you boast in your arrogance and all such boasting is evil. Tony Evans says we must recognize that our plans fall into a larger controlling reality, the will of God. God is in control. See, what we don't think about is how proud, uh, how prideful it is for us to ignore God and tell everyone all the things that we think and all the things that we're going to do with our life. And this verse here tells us, in fact, that those type of actions are evil. What's right do we have to plan our lives? If you're a Christian, you are bought with a price and that price was the blood of Jesus Christ. We are not our own. 1 Corinthians 6.20 says, for you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. It's what you're doing glorifying and lifting up God. You were bought with a price. Did God get all he paid for? It's our responsibility and privilege to glorify God with our body and with our spirit because they both belong to him. Instead of setting our own course in life, we must check with our captain. Is this your will, Lord? Is going here your will? Is saying this your will? God, what would you have me do? And then we check his word for answers. Why? Because the will of God is in the word of God. Verse 17 goes on and says, whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it, for him it is sin. This book of James is all about being a doer and not just a hearer, right? And he highlights it again in this verse. When you know it's the right thing to do, when you know you ought to do something and you don't do it, it becomes sin. We, as Christians, like to talk about all the things that we don't participate in, right? These are the things that I don't do. Let me put that out on the front. Let me show everybody how holy I am. I don't drink. I don't participate in premarital sex. I don't watch those kind of movies. I don't listen to that type of music. I don't dress that way. We like to talk about all the things we don't do. And you hand these lists. Oh, here are the things we don't do. That's great, right? You know who also doesn't do those things? An old boot. The Bible tells us we are judged not just on the things that we don't do, but rather on what we do. What are you going to do the next time you have an opportunity to do, your, uh, to do good, to encourage someone, to lift someone up, to serve someone, to love God and to love your neighbor? Our church ought to be known as a place that steps in when there is an opportunity to do good for God and for our neighbor. Not just what we don't do. Dietrich Bonhoeffer said it this way. He said, being a Christian is less about cautiously avoiding sin than about courageously and actively doing God's will. But in our hearts, we're rebels, right? We love to lift up. Uh, James Dean and and all the other celebrities every celebrity you could think of that was a rebel We love the idea of freedom and independence and going against the grain and sticking it to the man and pushing against authority That's all fine and good look you want to be a rebel go buy yourself a leather jacket but live for jesus And too often we live in rebellion, knowing what's right, but refusing to do it. C.S. Lewis said it costs nothing, costs God nothing as far as we know to create nice things. But to convert our rebellious wills, it cost him crucifixion. Christ died to convert our hearts from rebels to being followers of Jesus. That's what was paid to buy us back and who are we to make our own plans and to live with our own opinions and, and strategies and looking forward without saying, God has given me this moment and I'm going to give it back to him. Lord, if it's your will, the only moment that exists is, is right now. Time is Currency. That's why we spend time. What are you investing in? What are you putting your time into? We are not our own. We were bought with a price. We don't earn our salvation. But how much more should that make us want to give back to a God that loves us unconditionally? Shouldn't we want to live for God? Shouldn't we trust him with our lives? Don't be prideful. Let him make our plans. The purpose God made us for will stand the test of time. Life is short. Live for Jesus. Trust him with your plans. What are you doing? What are you investing in that's going to last longer than this moment? Are you trusting God and doing things in his will so that you won't regret what you just did just a few moments after you do it? 1 Corinthians 6.20. If you're a Christian, if you're a follower of Jesus, this is talking right at you. You were bought with a price. So glorify God with your body. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes right where you're at. It's a hard message to preach because I am... Struggling with this stuff. Struggling to put out my plans and to to weigh it on him. So easy. We always tend towards sin. It's so easy to take back things from God. We're doing good one day and the next day, right back where we started. We're handing things over to God one day, the next day we're taking things back. We're letting him make the plans one day and the next day we have making the plans and saying this is going to happen, this is what's going to be. You're bought with a price. Did God get all he paid for? Heavenly Father, God, pray you help us to Write these truths in our heart, God. Our life is but a vapor. Just a few decades, God, we're going to be a memory, and a few decades after that, we're going to be completely forgotten. And if we're putting all our eggs in the basket of this life, God, you know that it's meaningless. If we live to get people's respect. Their admiration. I want people to know who we are. It's all empty. God, help us to live for you. Help us to glorify you with every word that we speak. Help us to glorify you with every plan that we make. Help us to give it all to you, God. You gave your son for us, you gave us heaven. You gave us a relationship with you. You paid the price of my sin. I'm desperately wicked, God. But I'm also unbelievably loved. And that's why I want to follow you with every moment of my life. God, I pray as we... Continue throughout this week and this month and this year, God. Help this to be thoughts that change us forever. We've had a cataclysmic year, a worldwide pandemic that has paused our life. Help us not to just go back to normal. Help us to redeem the time. Help us to let you make our plans and to jump on board and say, God, whatever you will, I'll do change our lives god In your name we pray amen